0: So glad you joined us. It's a fresh fire Sunday. Uh, Whether you're here or online, uh, we welcome you today. I do want to issue a warning. We're going to be doing something today that at various times and places in history has resulted in imprisonment, torture, banishment from a city, excommunication from church, being cut off from a family. And executed through starvation or drowning. Yeah, you ready? (laughs) Come on. This is none other than water baptism. Yeah, there's a whole history to water baptism. I'm gonna share a little bit about it in a moment. Water baptism, which is what we're going to celebrate today. But water baptism is simply dunking or immersing uh, a person young or old, man or woman, into a body of water. And so here we have a tank, but you could do this in an ocean, a swimming pool, a bathtub, a horse trough. Yeah, just so that you can get them under is the whole point, as you will see. But this has caused an incredible furor throughout the history of the church. You see, water baptism is an outward natural act by a person that is announcing an inward supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. And that's really important, okay? So it's not just a little ritual. It's not just some flippant decision. No, it is an outward, natural, we're doing it in the natural, act by a person, but it is announcing, it's demonstrating something really important, and that is an inward supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. All of that's important. So the natural act, obviously, is dunking someone under the water. But what is the supernatural act that we're attributing to the Holy Spirit? Well, thankfully, the, the Scriptures actually give us a description of that. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, this text will be on the screen, just one text here, Second Corinthians 5.17, he says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So the old, who you were before surrendering to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that selfish, you know, maybe ashamed, fearful, sinful self, has what? It's passed away. You know, that's another description. That's a synonym for died okay? So the old you has died, passed away, all right? And is dead, buried, and will arise as a new creation in Christ. That's actually what we're demonstrating here with this watery grave. The old you has died, it's buried in the watery grave, arises to live as a new creation. Now, the Holy Spirit does all the hard work, okay? So it's an inward experience of being made that new creation, that born-again person that you testify to by being water baptized. So we have 27 people who have courageously decided to be water baptized today. I know. And in the first service, we had just eight of those. But as we're going to make available even today, If while you hear the message today and you sense the Holy Spirit moving, you can choose to be what we call spontaneously water baptized. In other words, we have a t-shirt for you and you can actually join in, but only if the Holy Spirit's moving you, okay? We actually had two additional people do that in the first service, so that was really exciting. And uh, we have a lot, a lot to celebrate. Now, I don't think anybody getting baptized here today is in danger of being tortured or imprisoned. We do live in America, and believe it or not, we should never take it for granted, the freedom that we have. But we have had people baptized here uh, from other nations, even other, coming out of other faiths, and they were cut off from their families. And I tell you that to say, again, we view water baptism as a very serious decision. It, it is a very serious act. And, you know, it is not something we take lightly. But Very joyful decision, too, because as uh, Patrice said, you're in for a Holy Spirit party. Yeah, we'll get through my message, which will be a little bit, you know, more theological, heavy, then we're going to celebrate as we hear the stories and we watch them be water baptized. Okay, now, three quick things about water baptism, just to clear up, because churches view this differently. I just want you to know where we stand. We don't think that water baptism washes away your sin, Okay? Actually, Jesus does that by his shed blood. He's the one that brings transformation. And I'm here to tell you, if you're in second service, as all of you are, this water ain't clean. So there's no hope that you would be clean coming out of this tank. Okay. All right. So we're good there. Does not wash away your sins. Secondly, water baptism is not like some ticket to heaven. No, no, no. Now, we know that Jesus says very clearly in his word, this is a very obviously popular, familiar scripture, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, not whoever is water baptized, okay? Whoever believes in him will have eternal life, and that's now and forever, okay? So the belief, again, it's Jesus' work, not our work, that we're trusting in. And then last but not least, water baptism is not a prerequisite for being a member of this church. However, I will say, Jesus himself was water baptized and asked his followers to be water baptized. So I leave it up to you uh, how important that decision is. It's actually a very powerful decision to be water baptized. Now, before we get into just the details. And I'm going to be sharing some details today. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to actually open your heart and open your mind. And I know we're all over the map when it comes to water baptism, depending on traditions we were raised in or not raised in. And so, Holy Spirit, we want to honor what you consider important about what we're doing today. We want to honor what Jesus has done for us, as us, and empowered us to live as a new creation. So will you come, breathe on your word, open our hearts, open our minds, and if you want to draw people to Jesus today, we say yes. If you want to draw people uh, to water baptism, we say yes, but have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take you on just a little bit of a journey through history uh, about water baptism. As I said, it was very, very contentious. It has a very confusing, very, um, actually very sobering history. And uh, maybe you're not aware of that. I wasn't even aware to the extent Uh, before I did this study you see I actually have a very special interest in the history of water baptism and that is because my Ancestors like going a long way back maybe great 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 grandparents and also my husband's uh, Ancestors because we were actually raised in a similar group of people Uh, We go all the way back and this is a group of people in Europe from the countries of Switzerland France and Germany and at the time, there, uh, it's right around the time of the Protestant Reformation, so we're going to 1500s and 1600s, 1700s. And the state church mandated everything. And, and our ancestors were members of this church, as were most citizens, if you wanted any kind of <laughs> right, including to get married. You had to be a member of the state church. But this state church had become dead, lifeless, just formal, ritual, I mean, people... Yes, maybe they attended church on Sundays or a catechism. Then they lived like the devil the rest of the week. There was no true transformation in these people. There was no new creation. Well, my ancestors, you know, along with a, a large group of people, began to have this awakening by the Holy Spirit, which is what I love. And as they looked at the Scripture, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. There is an experience, and we're not having it, an experience of repenting or turning from your old sinful way, making a choice to follow Jesus, having your life transformed, and then testifying to that by water baptism. Well, you think, well, what's the big deal? What was a huge deal? Because the state church mandated infant baptism. Now, I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. I'm not, like, deriding that. But they mandated that, but all it meant then was, you know, boom. You baptize an infant, and they are, quote, saved. And to some extent at that time in history, that was actually important because infants often didn't live long. And their belief was if they didn't baptize the infant, that infant went to torture. So I understand that. But what my ancestors discovered is that No, we're saying no to infant baptism. An infant can't choose to follow Jesus. An infant can't say, I'm done with my old life. I want to embrace this new creation. An infant couldn't do that. So they said, we'll no longer do that. We will only be baptized at a point where we can willingly make that choice. And it can be a young person. It doesn't have to be an adult. We have young persons getting baptized today. This infuriated the state church. See, my ancestors were from a stream called Anabaptists. And maybe some of you have come out of that stream. And Anna is just a Greek prefix that means again, rebaptized. They actually hated that term. They, they didn't like the name Anabaptists. <laughs> they, they wanted to discount their infant baptism 100%, and this created incredible, incredible persecution. Now, I'd known that, but I wasn't really like in touch but as I was preparing this message I thought I I actually want to look more specifically into the history of the church in which I was raised and what type of fight did they endure simply for doing water baptism but again it was tied to that revelation of no you're a new creation this is amazing work that Jesus has done and you're going to show it by being dunked underwater, risen to new life. Okay, well, I knew my dad had given me a church history book, and it was a big red book. It was called Marching to Zion, and all my life I refused to read it. And so uh, it was in the attic along with the other thousands of books in my attic. And I thought, okay, I need to find that. I want to read my church history. And so I go into the attic, uh, and I pull out a box Here's all my boxes of books, lots. I have no idea. They're not labeled. Anyway, I'm like, oh, oh, a a small black book fell on the ground. I'm like, no, what what, what is that? I don't even recognize it. I picked it up. I read the spine. Apostolic Christian Church History, Volume 1. I went, what? It wasn't a red book. This was the history of my ancestors. I I began to read it. It was a very, very emotional experience for me. And I wanna read to you just one short paragraph that describes what they endured all for the freedom to water baptize. Because it demonstrates the truth of being dead in Christ, raised again to live a brand new life okay let me read you this the baptists of Bern. now when you hear the word Baptists, don't think like oh the baptist church on the corner anyone at this time remember they didn't want to be called anabaptists they were baptists okay (laughs) meaning they believed only in water baptism once you made a decision to truly follow jesus okay they were from Bern, switzerland They could not even find refuge in outlying alpine huts. Baptist hunters, okay, themselves supposedly committed church folks who raged dreadfully in their dwellings were sent out against the human game, which were my ancestors. Bedrooms and rooms were torn open. The beds pierced with knives. And the captives, mostly without means, were driven from home. Mothers were torn from their children and cast into prison. Men were thrown into dark holes and chained, given bread and water sometimes for years until their death, and their property was taken away. As I read that, I'm like, no, wait a minute. This is Europe. This isn't some remote country. This is Europe. These are my ancestors. This is what they endured, to stand for the right to water baptize. Okay, they had to flee their homes, they had to flee their farms, their communities, their countries, and actually, this is what compelled many of my own ancestors to come to America, because it's here they had freedom of worship. There was separation of church and state. And I was once again like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I take so much for granted, and I thank you. I thank you for these men and women who gave up so much to stand for the truth of a true conversion to Jesus Christ and showing that by being water baptized. Well, I was humbled, challenged, and I thought, okay, I want to look again. I want to actually look again at some scriptures maybe that we haven't looked at in regard to what is the meaning of baptism. And when you start to do this with the Bible, it gets really confusing. You want to know why? The word baptism is used in like eight different contexts. <laughs> it's like, wow, why could they have to make it so difficult? Um, but it's a, it's a common word, and it's used to describe a lot of different Baptisms. When we use that word here, we're generally referring to water baptism. Sometimes we're referring to Holy Spirit baptism. But just the definition of the word baptism, it is a Greek word, and it just means to dip, to immerse, to submerge. An older like uh, definition might be to whelm. Think of overwhelm. And that was often used to describe like a ship lost at sea that then got swallowed by the sea. It was whelmed. Or say a skier on on the slopes that got whelmed, buried, basically, buried by an avalanche. Okay, you get the picture. So this is no mere sprinkling. Okay, this is actually submersion. Now, often when infants are baptized, they are sprinkled. And there are no... uh, records in the Bible of infant baptisms. But I want you to know, like, we don't despise that. Here we do child dedications where we dedicate children, anoint them with oil. Parents are saying, I intend to raise this child in a family of faith. But we don't recognize infant baptism as a salvation experience. Now, we often say to people, though, if you were baptized as a baby, that was often your parent's choice. They did it in good faith. If you're baptized as an older person, or as an adult that's your choice and so we want to honor that i I want to make sure you know like we don't like put our thumb down oh you were baptized as a baby no that's fine and often those things are done with the best intentions but they don't accurately reflect what the scriptures teach us about water baptism okay now Like I said, there's lots of baptisms in the scripture. There's like an immersion in the Holy Spirit. There's an immersion in suffering. There's an immersion in fire, all baptisms. We're not going to look at any of those because the apostle Paul, who wrote the most about all of this, said, actually, there's one baptism. It's like, Paul, make up your mind. You know, you've already mentioned all these other ones. No, there's one baptism that I'm going to discuss. Now, hang with me. It gets a little deep theologically, but it's really important for understanding then why we water baptize as we do. Okay? Good. Looks like you're all still awake and listening. Let's go. So in his letter to the Ephesians, in chapter 4, Paul wrote this. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Okay, well, what is the one baptism? And what does that have to do with being baptized in water? The one baptism that Paul is talking about is a concept mentioned over and over again in Scripture, but it's easy to miss. It's being baptized, immersed into Christ's body. I'll explain that in a moment. I don't mean the body as the church. Christ's body. It means being baptized into Christ's body. It's another way of describing that supernatural act of the Holy Spirit that happens when you are born again, when you become that new creation. Okay? And it's an inward work, all done by the Holy Spirit, as you invite him to do it, of course. Now, Remember, I read that text, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, the moment you said yes to Jesus, the moment you said, okay, I trust you are Lord, I am not. The moment you said yes to Jesus, you were baptized or immersed into his body by the Spirit. You were born again, a new creation. I would say it's like an inward baptism. I'm immersed into Jesus. It's a born-again baptism. I still would say, "Die." this sounds crazy. Baptized into Christ's body, it sounds a little bit weird. It is, but it's super important, and it is a key, can I just tell you, to living a victorious life. It's a key to living a transformed life. It's a key to actually living what the Bible shows. Jesus' disciples and followers are called to live, okay? So hang with me. All right. When we are baptized, immersed, whelmed into Christ's body, it means four very significant, mysterious, mystical, important things, okay? When we are baptized by the Holy Spirit, into Christ's body, it means we are crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, risen with Christ, filled with Christ. Now, can I explain all that? No, I can't. I just know it's true. And it's extremely important for understanding what really happens when we say yes to Jesus. It's that, again, a born-again baptism. An inward baptism. Now, I have scripture, lots of scripture. You can read the whole Romans uh, 6. We'll explain it. But just for today, because we have a lot of baptisms to get through, let me read what Paul says in Romans 6, 3. He said, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. See, there's one baptism, a baptism into Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, actually his ascension, which is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We've been co-crucified with Christ, co-resurrection with Christ, and now filled with Christ. And now we get to live, we get to walk in newness of life. And no, we're not instantly transformed, but knowing this, living in the reality of it, having faith in that Holy Spirit who lives in us, changes everything. Yes, one baptism, a born-again baptism that we get to now announce by an outward baptism. An inward baptism announced by an outward baptism. Where what? The old me? I'm dead. I got crucified with Christ. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bury that booger. Bury it. Yeah, yeah. And one guy one time said... Hey, leave me under extra long. I want to make sure I'm dead. I'm like, no, no. This is just, you know. So I've been, I've been crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ, filled with Christ to walk in newness of life. Okay. And I know it can sound, again, a bit confusing. Can I just confess? Let me tell you a personal story quick. It wasn't until like over 10 years ago that this truth began to explode really all throughout this church, but really around the world. It's not like it's a new truth, but most of you know this. In the history of the church, there are seasons of revelation where, like, truths, like, people awaken, even like my ancestors did, to what it really meant to be born again. Or, like, throughout all the years, just a new understanding of the Holy Spirit or a new understanding of missions. It's been there all along, but it's like the revelation of it hadn't come. Well, about 10, 11 years ago, I began to finally grasp what it really meant to be baptized into Christ's body. I'd already been water baptized years ago, and that I I knew it actually meant I died and risen again, but I wasn't living in this incredible reality. No, Di, you've really been crucified with Christ. Stop trying to kill off your bad habits. Stop trying to die to self every day. You've been crucified with Christ. Acknowledge that death and burial and begin to live in the resurrection life. Now, I'm, I'm condensing like 10 years into two sentences, okay? But the freedom that it brought, the faith that it brought to live, stop trying to fix the old me. Like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to try harder. Oh, I got to put some makeup on the corpse, Who does that? I was dead. I'd risen. Now, you're not left to live that life alone. That's back to works. That's why we so emphasize the indwelling Holy Spirit who fills you and empowers you and brings that transformation moment by moment, day by day. Now, I'd failed to grasp and live what really happened when I was born again, that I'd been baptized into Jesus' body. I was crucified, buried, resurrected, filled with the power of the Spirit to live a new life. Paul says it this way. Paul loves this theme, by the way, and if anybody should know, Paul should know. If you know anything about his history, murderer, terrorist, hater of Christians, boom gets baptized into Jesus, and guess what happens? <laughs> the old Paul is dead and buried. He rises to write most of the New Testament. And he says it this way, I have been, have been, past tense, crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When you grasp this revelation of what it really means to be baptized into Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you will love Jesus exponentially more than you love him right now. He gets bigger. He gets better. He gets more beautiful. The emphasis is on him, not on me. It's on the son, not on the sin. Why? Why isn't it on the sin? I'll tell you why. Because this is what the new life looks like. Paul's going on. He goes, could it be any clearer? Our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power. We were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. Whoa! If we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know we will also what? Share in the fullness of his life. Whoa! We get to announce, each of these people today, their born-again baptism, that inward work of the Holy Spirit, they get to announce it by demonstrating through water baptism, that outward natural act that so beautifully shows that inward supernatural baptism done by the power of the Holy Spirit, the old buried, the new arise. This is a powerful truth. I know I gave a lot to you. And if you were listening today for the first time, maybe you never have ever even surrendered your life to Jesus as Lord. Why, maybe you thought being a Christian was all about giving up, trying harder, getting clean. Folks, he did all the hard work, okay? He did all the whole, he wants us to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the power of the Holy Spirit. If this is Maybe the first time you realized, you know what? I do want to be born again. I want the old to have passed away. We're going to give you that opportunity today to surrender your life to Jesus. Absolutely. We have Mike and Kathy here. They'll be ready to pray with you, answer your questions. If you have any. If not, you can just (laughs) say, yes, Jesus, okay? But secondly... I don't know if you've been water baptized, but maybe after hearing this today, you're like, you know what? You feel the Holy Spirit telling you. No, I I want you to demonstrate your born-again baptism by being water baptized. And if that's you and you haven't signed up, we have a shirt for you. Just come down and see Mike, we'll be ready to go, and you'll be able to join with the 20 seven, eight, nine other people who today are announcing a supernatural inward work a baptism into Jesus, crucifixion, burial, resurrection, infilling of his spirit to walk in newness of life. Amen. Okay. You are good listeners. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and stand. And if you are getting water baptized, you You may leave to get dressed, unless you already are, that's fine. We're going to sing one song. And if you are a person who did not sign up but wants to spontaneously participate, come down here, see Mike. And then after one song, we're going to give each person just a a short amount of time to share, to testify of their faith in Jesus, and then the party begins. Okay, let's go.